Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us. I'm the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. As the landscape of work changes, so will the landscape of employment law. Across our nation, some states are closing down, others are opening up, some are sending workers home for the first times, some are bringing them back for the first time. It's creating a lot of variability in how employees will react to things like having to go back to work, uh, new protocols that they're going to have to undergo if they're at work, and there's just a lot of questions that are being raised, you know, things like, can you force employees to take a COVID test? Or what about antibody test? Is that different? Can you measure their temperatures? Can you make them wear a mask? Uh, and, and what happens if they don't want to comply with those things? So uh, here to talk about these and other legal issues is employment lawyer and member of Clark Hill in Collin County, Texas, Kim Moore. Kim has been pragmatically solving employers' problems for almost 25 years. She's a board-certified employment lawyer with an MBA and extensive experience in and out of the courtroom. She is passionate about achieving the client's goals in non-compete, theft of trade secrets, discrimination, harassment, retaliation, and wage and hour matters. Kim genuinely enjoys her work, particularly understanding each client's business and its people. She serves as the member in charge of the firm's Collin County office, and she's also a AAA-trained mediator. She uses her knowledge to help parties resolve all types of conflicts. Kim, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jim. I enjoy being here. Absolutely. So uh, why don't we get started? Um, What do you think will be the number one legal issue surrounding coronavirus and the return to work? I think it's a balance between employers wanting to protect employees in this environment and at the same time, employees are a little fearful and reluctant. So there's this whole, when's the right time to bring folks back? What are all the protocols to put in place? And, and so I think everyone's a little, this is so unchartered territory that everybody's sort of fending it for the first time. So it's like, okay, is there going to be liability for this? Are there questions about that? Um, I just think there's a lot of uncertainty. And so with that uncertainty becomes a lot of the questions you asked, what should we do? What should we not do? If we do this, is there going to be a problem? If we don't do this, is there going to be a problem? Yeah, that's an area that employers really don't like to live in. Um, I know that one of the hangups with the second relief package is the difference between the different sides in the House and Senate. Uh, one side wants to remove accountability from employers for things like COVID-related deaths amongst their employees. Uh, the other side isn't a big fan of that. And that answer as to whether those protections get put in place or not really is going to define the landscape of specifically wrongful death uh, lawsuits as, as we go forward. And we've already begun to see some of those hit the courts in different states. Agreed. And, and there's been a lot of, you know, interesting kinds of legal questions about very things like that is, can an employer be liable if someone gets sick once they return to work? Is there liability if there's a violation of a local ordinance? You know, for example, is that a request to violate the law if you're in one jurisdiction that allows people to return to work? 
and another jurisdiction doesn't allow it. it it's become just frankly, a quagmire of interesting, especially if you're an employment lawyer, uh, <laughs> questions all across the board. Um, so that's that's been the issue since COVID began. And, I, you know, I guess the question is, when did it begin? But we and, it, and it's constantly changing. If you if you watch the Department of Labor's come out with different rules, the, the um, EEOC's come out with guidance. OSHA's come out with guidance. And then it, we'll get another update. Oh, it's changed again. Oh, there's more. Oh, it's different. And so the government it is trying to help, I think, in this respect to give us some guidance. But it's ever changing. Yeah. And they've never been particularly amazing at moving quickly. <laughs> I mean, fair. Some, some employment litigation takes years or over a decade to get through. And now you have all these different institutions sort of trying to cram a bunch of information, a bunch of laws passed all at once. Before we get into some of the specific questions, I guess I would ask you about how does an employer um, balance their need to be an operating business, their need to protect their employees and, uh, sort of the, the balance between letting your employee employees feel safe, but also having to make sure that they're, that they're doing what they need to do in order to keep other people safe. And so we've been advising clients to take it. It, it sort of depends on the kind of business you're in and on a case by case basis. Right. And so if you're in a business where your employees can be productive working remotely, for example, like a bunch of lawyers, um, <laughs> well, seriously, right? Most of us can work productively with a computer and a phone. And so most of our op offices are still mostly closed. We have a few people working in offices and we have a bunch of protocols in place you know, such as wearing masks in open spaces, the conference rooms are closed, we provide hand sanitizer, and all of the things that you would think are needed in those kinds of situations. But if you're in manufacturing or other kinds of situations, you need folks sometimes to be present. And so the kinds of things you need to put in place as an employer such as having people be at work and spreading people out and maybe putting plexiglass between folks is different and we need to have a conversation. And then you, you may need folks to work, shift work, to spread them out or do something different. And then you may have to have some conversations with folks about, well, we actually really do need you to be here. And if you have a special circumstance, let's talk about that. Absolutely. Uh, I did speak with somebody who represents uh, a lot of the meatpacking industry, you know, and he's been in their factories and he's saying, you know, people work often less than three feet away from each other. Um, and, and on an assembly line that's been specifically designed to have everybody in their place, which is as close as possible, doing as much as they can as quickly as possible. And there, you know, there's a lot of safety concerns that come with that, um, but uh, not, they weren't ready for this, right? And there's only so much that a plastic divider is going to do for you. It helps, but I just, I try and think of what would it be like to be an employee in that environment T to every day know that you might risk getting sick yourself and getting your loved ones sick. Those situations are definitely challenging. And, you know, we saw the outcomes of some of that because 
it's this virus is so contagious and and what is going to happen and so I, I think that's that's a challenge for both the employer and the employee and to try to come up with the best plan possible to keep folks safe how far do you think that due diligence will go i mean like you said earlier things are changing rapidly guidance is changing rapidly best practices like in the beginning they weren't sure if masks were going to do anything you know, so there may have been a bunch of employers acting on that information. Then a bunch of people got sick because it turns out masks were the right thing to do. And in that space rests a bunch of lawsuits, right? So, you know, we think we have it figured out now, but there are certain best practices we're doing now that are probably going to turn out to be either unnecessary, and that's a good thing, or insufficient. And, you know, when these cases start hitting the courts, you know, what role do you think uh, the due diligence will, will play? Do you think that'll protect employers? I think the answer is you have to be the reasonably prudent employer, right? You have to do the best you can with the information available at the time. And that's all anyone can hold an employer to. An employer can't predict the future. We can't know what we didn't know at the time. If the CDC, if you're following the CDC and OSHA guidelines, and what's available at the moment, that's all you can do, right? And, I mean, we go back in time and the CDC is saying, you know, we don't think masks are going to help. Then, then why would you have, why would you recommend masks, right? Yeah. And, and so we have to be in the view of, okay, a reasonably prudent employer right now in open spaces is going to recommend masks, um, and so you, and for liability purposes, that's the best advice also is mm. let's do everything we can now to keep folks safe. And at the same time, we, we have to, we have to sort of balance that with, we also have to have business in place because if, if that, if that means that's going to put all, all of us out of business, that's not the best thing for business or employees either. Well, I think that'll do for now. Thank you so much, Kim, for taking the time to join us today. Well, I enjoyed it very much, Jim. You take care. Absolutely. Listeners, please check back next week with the next episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. Kim will be joining us again, and we'll be getting into the details about employment law issues surrounding taking temperatures doing coronavirus tests, doing antibody tests, and and other practices like masks and things like that. You know, uh, what can you do? What can't you do? And what are the ramifications of the way that you roll those programs out? So thank you very much for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.